0: Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your hosts, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton.
1: And we're back with the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to today's episode. This is episode 217. 217. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray run uh oil prices are are down a little bit they're on the they're on the rise right now overall it looks like uh there's some concerns with this delta variant like we've been talking about uh some interesting news from the feds this week uh, so there's a lot going on man how, how are things going in your world this morning
0: there is a lot going on man it's uh it's good i was out of town you know last week and so uh man, i've gotten to the point now to where as i've gotten older I don't sleep as good on the road as I used to. I used to not bother me at all, but now we've got it dialed in here at the house to where it's like 68 degrees. I've got the right blankets, i got the right pillows, the whole shebang. And so when I'm gone, uh, I don't sleep as well. So uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back here in the great state of Texas. I was down at Mississippi um, or something we will talk about maybe in the later podcast episode or on my LinkedIn. But Josh, before we get into anything else, let's thank our sponsor, which is the Jubilee Royalty Fund, number two. Why number two? Because number one is done, folks. It's done. It's gone. It's over with. It's oversubscribed. It's closed out. But there still is time for fund two. If you're interested and you're an accredited investor and investing in fund two, reach out to the good folks at Jubilee. Um, you can tell my I sent you, Tim Cotsman, um, or my boy, Alex, there. we will link to them in the show notes. You can check out the, check out the website at jubileerualty.com. That's realty.com. I am actually an investor I'm trying to get Josh Elton to invest, but he's too, he's like Scrooge McDuck over there. Won't give a, won't give a brother a dime. So, but I'm invested in fun one and fun two, Josh. That's kind of thats how much I believe in Jubilee Royalty. So, thanks to them for sponsoring the podcast. To your point, oil is sitting here at 65.40 this morning, natural gas at 389. So, listen, I like we talk on the podcast quite regularly, this is a good number. Right, so it is down. It is it is soft from where it was, but it's still a good number. It's not a bad number. Now, if we were, you know, if we went from sixty to fifty, I think we'd be going, okay, you know, we're we're flirting in the danger zone here. But it's sixty-five. We're still good, and you know, I'm sure your boy Biden ain't going to shut down the economy, right? I hope not. I'm not sure. But I hope not. Uh, th- so,
1: uh, Ryan, I, I think one of the interesting aspects is why did the price fluctuate the way that it did? Um, and so I have a one article here, all sinks on signals fed may soon end the stimulus. Uh, and by the stimulus, what they're referring to is that, mm. that the bond buying program, so right now that's been the, the major thing holding, holding interest rates down is the, uh, the feds have been buying, you know, buying the bond buying program has been holding these, these rates low and there's reports that they are majority of them. They're getting ready to end that. And so just that news, just the news that they're thinking about ending them uh, is what many think is the stimulus that calls the, or the, the impetus that calls it to reverse. So um What's interesting to me, Ryan, is is how this one little, I say little, this one aspect of the market um, can quickly affect many other markets. And that's kind of the thing that I want to pay attention to.
0: Yeah. And you also have signs that, that demand's weakening in China potentially. Um, and so we'll see where that goes. You know, China likes the cheap oil. So is, is it, um, you know, when the prices got high, you thought potentially, they were, uh, you know, they quit buying because of the higher prices. Uh, they bought a lot towards the end of last year. Um, now the prices are back down somewhat, and they're they're saying, you know, they're they're, um, they're not buying. So we'll, we'll see. you are not buying at the, at the level they were. So we'll see what the Chinese demand is as well. You know, but listen, um, I know this morning that the news came out that the vaccine was FDA approved finally. So theoretically, you could get a lot more people vaccinated. I don't know if that's going to help or not. Um, I know we got to worry about Chevron talking about the vaccinations. Yeah, I mean, I think this is where we're at, which is, you know, the Delta variant. How do people respond? Um, and if you follow the news outside the mainstream media, you see that there are some folks globally who are not very content with what's going on right now. So how does that how does that play out? And um, so it's an interesting time for sure. Yeah, well, there, there are concerns out there
1: like uh, I think New Zealand. I think they had one. They had one one case. One case. They shut the whole country down. Um,
0: Listen, New Zealand, listen to me. Listen to me. Be embarrassed. Okay. For our listeners in New Zealand, be embarrassed. I'm sorry. You should be embarrassed. I'm sorry. One case. Yeah. Yeah. That's the third time they shut down, to be clear, or fourth. It's not like they've shut down one time. New Zealand has shut down like this is the third or fourth time. So, um, for all those folks, listen, I'm not saying don't get the vaccine. I don't care. Get the vaccine. I don't, I don't care one another wear a mask, wear a mask. Like, I, I do not care about any of that. Um, but if New Zealand, which is like the size of my house, can't shut down and keep the virus out, then folks, come on, let's be realistic here.
1: Well, so the the, the concern I have, Ryan, I mean, I don't think New Zealand, you know, is a big player in terms of old demand, uh, internationally to begin with. Sure. Uh, but just for the just for the consumers there, just for the, the people, the citizens, um, the economy, how I don't know how they're going to be able to sustain such drastic measures on these shutdowns, you know, single case. I saw where they said that they didn't have a great healthcare system in place so they can very easily be overwhelmed uh, like it could happen very quickly. Uh, that's something I saw some of the New Zealand natives were, were saying uh, but I think also Australia is having some pretty severe shutdowns right now, lockdowns that I think could have some impacts on oil demand uh, there as well. So uh, with China, I mean, what's what's going on like uh, street <laughs> level? Are they are they locked down in any any, any way?
0: Well, I don't. Yeah, I mean, in various parts of the country. I don't I don't know what's going on um, location by location, but I know when they're major. Ports, I think, shut down. Yeah, uh, I saw that. So that was more of what I was referring to. Um, but yeah, to your point, you know, New Zealand and Australia are not going to necessarily overly impact the oil and gas price. But what you do, what you can see, and this is what we saw last year with the coronavirus, which is as certain countries do something, uh, more countries feel that they can build upon what they're doing. They can say, look and see. Look and see what this country is doing. Therefore, we can do it. Look and see what this country is doing. And we see that all the time, right? This is mm normal human nature whether it's a good thing or a bad thing look and see what this person does and now i can do it um and so when you see new zealand or australia or uh, if it's china or wherever these countries that are considering or going back under lockdown the concern has to be from a demand standpoint is that more countries will follow along um and and go with that and so um that's i think the the demand side uh, concern um but so far, it hadn't happened. But, you know, listen, it's it, it feels like this news is, is kind of day by day kind of shifting and, and, and we're not really sure where it's going to land. So uh, who knows?
1: Yeah, that's going to be something uh, interesting to watch is just kind of how uh, all of the nations are responding to oil and gas right now. Uh, so there's two articles here, Ryan. I was going to mention. Uh, the first one is Reuters. Um, This one talks about just the weaker dollar, which really ties into the feds and the stimulus and um, some of the some of the thoughts uh, that it basically are along the lines of when some of these stimuluses stop uh, the impact on the value of the dollar is really going to become more pronounced. Uh, But I also think that if they stop by, you know, doing these bond buybacks, we might see inflation really begin to, to slow down. I don't know if we can reverse it. Um, but that's also going to have a reverse effect on mortgage rates, housing prices. There's going to be a, there's going to be a reckoning at some level somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I'm, you know, I wonder how it's going to affect oil prices when, when they do that. And that not just from the standpoint of all markets reacting, but just, once the market ends this, I guess this artificial period where everything kind of gets back to reality, what is that going to look like for WTI? And that's, that's a question I don't I don't know if anybody really knows the answer to it, but I wonder if there's economists that are actually making predictions about where WTI will end up once everything kind of refluctuates.
0: Oh, well there's, there's someone making predictions there. <laughs> Most of them are wrong, including mine. But the other thing you talk about weakening, the other thing is, is that we're getting ready to come out of the driving season, right? So, d- dr- uh, gasoline demand is going to start to weaken over the next, you know, uh, well, I guess when full, full, when school, I guess school gets back fully in the swing by the end of this month for sure across the nation. Yeah, you know? for sure. So you, you'd say by the end of August for sure that we're going to see, you know, the the gasoline demand go down. So that 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 should um, have some impact on prices. And then the other thing is, I, I was thinking that going into the fall, we would see a lot of. Um, uh, Potential for more travel than normal to go into football games and stuff like that because people missed out last year, but you're starting to see now, um, especially pro teams, are coming out saying that you got to either have a negative. Uh, I mean, I saw the Saints are saying that you got to have uh, a negative test, a vaccine, uh, to get in the game. Even if you have that, you got to wear a mask. So, <laughs> yeah, negative test or the vaccine, and regardless, you got to wear the mask. So, you know, I do, I mean, maybe they'll. Impact Super almost with seventy thousand people? Maybe not. I don't know. I think those are questions. You know, if you start seeing NFL stadiums that are requiring this that aren't full, that is going to you know it's going to impact demand. Not again. Not it's not going to move the price six dollars or something like that. But it is just going to tell us that hey, man, we're just you know, these things are still stifling the economy. Yeah,
1: we're not there yet. Yeah, that's what, I mean, basically, we're it's just going to signal that you know uh, to investors, people that are uh, looking at the market. We're not quite in the clear uh yet. So interesting here, Ron. So there's a couple of things. Uh, first, Chevron are beginning uh vaccination mandates. Uh COVID-19 is supposedly having a, a, a impact on um you know, people that are out in the out in the field. Uh, also I had uh I have a family member. I'm not gonna specify companies or names or whatever, but there was a protocol where uh, when you go offshore that you had to go out and quarantine for five days um, before you could go out, uh, before you could start work. And that was put in place for those who were not vaccinated. Um, Now that five days was paid. You were getting paid for that five days while you're quarantining. So it wasn't necessarily a penalty. Well, recently they've changed it where when you go out and you quarantine for that five days, it's now non-paid and then you go out and start working. So you can guess what a lot of people did is actually decided to go ahead and go with the vaccination because mm-hmm. it's gonna cost some five. I was days. to say I was to
0: say, listen, you're gonna pay me the quarantine for five days. Yeah. <laughs> no one's getting vaccinated. No one's getting no, vaccinated. Like, whatever yeah. you come on that side of the issue, yeah, we're, you're we're not, getting, not losing five day free pay. So yeah.
1: So but once they once they reverse this it, five days no pay people started getting the vaccination. So uh, that right now that's, that was a pretty, that was a big, one of the majors that, that uh, is a family member that I had that works there. And then, um, and then Chevron right now, they're beginning some vaccination mandates and I'm not sure what all protocols they have uh, in place, but Ryan, they're also talking about, and we may have already covered this on the show, but New York was, uh, was trying to implement their vaccination requirements. Now, did that actually go through? Or?
0: Um, for the city? I th- think but i'm not sure Uh, so that that uh
1: these vaccination requirements are are getting kind of interesting to me because um some of these things i would have never i would have never imagined i know you mentioned it last year ron and i just thought that we were so far from these sort of requirements that um genuinely surprising to me to see some of this stuff come full circle to this it's uh
0: man yeah. So the real question for a company like Chevron is, is what percentage of your employees will get vaccinated? And then the ones that don't, can you replace them with other skilled labor? Right. So if you're talking about, um, you know, a certain percentage of Chevron's employees, um, any you know, any company, the, the skill level is less than others. Right. So if you're talking about, you know, a, um, you know, a, uh, petroleum engineer versus, you know, the first day of the rig hand, right? So replacing the rig hands should be potentially easier uh, than replacing the petroleum uh, engineer. So the question is, is what percentage of those will will leave Chevron um, or another company um, and go work for someone who doesn't require the vaccine? So I think that's where you could see potentially some of this um, causing problems. But I suspect that most people will want to keep their job and, and therefore get the vaccine and it shouldn't be that big of an issue but you know listen it, it we're, we're so early in the vaccine game still it's it's kind of hard to kind of hard to know exactly um where this is and then and the, the flip side of that is if you have to get the vaccine and then you gotta get a booster or something like that where you see employees you know down the road who might be tired of it go from there but um i'm not surprised by this i'm curious what our listeners think are you for the vaccine mandate from your company do you not care uh let us know um you know, reach out. And let us know what you guys think, because and what, what is your company doing? We won't say the name on the air, but let us know what they're doing, because uh, I'm curious to see what the what the, what the employees think, right? Mm-hmm. And so we we keep it anonymous or whatever, and read it on the air or, or not. Just let us know.
1: Yeah. So, uh, just just to be transparent, Based on the numbers I'm seeing, I mean, the vaccines are reducing hospitalizations. Uh, so the the numbers are coming out where hospitalization rates are being published and. At certain hospitals, and it's like nine to one that are going in are unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, at some level, there are protections that are that are being had uh, with these vaccinations. So, I think that I think some of that is becoming undeniable that it is improving uh, your chances of not being hospital hospitalized. Um, I think the the major concern for a lot of people is that they still don't know uh, from a genuinely sincere standpoint what the side effects are um, mm-hmm. is that they're just not allowing full transparent disclosure on what these side effects are. And people are just still a little tentative about what are the side effects, how many people are having them and just open discussion about it. Mm-hmm. Because I think if, if there were, I think a lot more people would be apt to go get the vaccine because it, apparently they are helping with the hospitalizations.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, listen, first off, you are listening to a borderline comedy, oil and gas podcast. So don't get your vaccine advice. Yeah. Guys, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's the first thing. The second thing is, I don't, you know, my, my stance is the same with the flu shot. I don't get it or don't, I don't really care. If you're sick, don't come around me. That was my stance before COVID. It was common sense, the same stance. Now, um, now, with that being said, you know, there's categories of people, and this is what, where our listeners and people in the old field have to figure out there's some people who don't get the vaccine because they don't get vaccines. It doesn't matter. COVID, regardless, they don't get vaccines. Right. Uh, measles, mumps, flu, whatever. Okay. So you got that group of people. Then there's people which I kind of put myself into, which is I'm not opposed to vaccines. I don't like getting shots in general, so I'm going to avoid getting a shot unless I absolutely have to. So I don't get the flu shot. Um, But when I went to Africa a few years back, I had to get typhoid and some other shots. I got those. I don't I don't go I don't go seeking out a shot. I don't look for a shot for the first solution. The shot is the last resort. Uh, So when I have to get it, I'll get it. So that's kind of my camp. So so those two camps really have nothing to do with COVID. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, if I thought I was COVID was going to kill me, then I'd go get the shot. Mm-hmm. And, um and it so good lord if i die of covid they're gonna run that headline podcast podcaster who denied covid would kill him <sighs> i'm not saying that <clears throat> so then then there's a category that you're talking about which is you know we're not sure we're trying to think about it and let's be honest here <clears throat> if covid had been covered over, with a decent amount of intellectual honesty last year with a decent amount we'd have a different conversation right now right if you watched it last year um, and you went from the media went from, you know, hype and hysteria to certain activities were allowed and not to be talked about like the, 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 just the blatant disregard for intellectual, uh, intellectual honesty um, was pretty frustrating. And so I think you have people who are now to your point, like, well, I'm not opposed to getting a vaccine shot, but you know, what what, what I need to do. And they're trying to figure out because you you do feel like you're being misled or lied to. Um, So, I Don't know, I'll be looking forward to the day where vaccine, where all the oil and gas demand is not dependent upon the stupid thing. I'm ready, mm-hmm. to to that day. <laughs> so no. um, hopefully that day will be here sooner rather than later. And so, but yeah, let us know what you think about the vaccine shots. I'm curious what our listeners think. Um, uh, you can again, we'll keep it anonymous or won't read it on the air or whatever. Just more curious in general, Ryan at warroommedia.com.
1: Well, I, uh, not to name any names, but there was a guy when we were having a show run where they were uh, they were talk they, they basically they commented in while we were live on air and said you know having these masks will prevent us from shutting down again, which will help old demand, which will speed things up. Um, and one of the things that we were pointing out is that it goes from masks to vaccines to whatever's next, where they somebody's yeah. in control of what has to be done in order for you to get your life back, or for you to get your job back, or for And that's really the concern on on my side um it's just these people that have control what if they decide next well you gotta switch away from fossil fuels before we're gonna let the economy open back up again or you know you you have you have all these other things that can work itself out and you don't want them having the the keys to that door uh, yeah
0: yeah, and and to the point with the mask is why is new zealand having to win had to beat it three times now yeah right so obviously
1: so uh, so here's here's another. So this is kind of a a, a curveball run. So we talked about Afghanistan last week. Uh, there was an article that came out that China both worries and hopes as U.S. departs Afghanistan. Um, so there, there this article basically goes into opportunities that China sees for itself to come in and help develop Afghanistan. Um, but there's also concerns that as the U.S. is leaving, it's going to make their neighbors uh, a little bit more volatile so um one of the questions i have is will any nation dare to try to go in and build afghanistan after they've seen this kerfuffle for the last 20 years oh <laughs> yeah someone will do something yeah, I was about say, yeah so somebody is but i would hesitate to go in and spend a whole, whole lot of time either that uh there's this uh, article i saw from uh, Julian Assange back from 2011. Have you seen that where he's talking about um, he's given his report on Afghanistan and he says that there that Europe and the U S and I'm not saying this is true. So conspiracy thing. Um, but he said that uh, basically it's a lot of money that's being washed in Afghanistan. That's coming back to these uh, particular people in the U S and Europe. Mm-hmm. And so, these people wanted the war to be continuous so they could continue sending money in that goes in, comes out clean, and they get to pocket some of it. So uh, it was his little deal. And a lot of people, uh, what's his name, uh, Snowden and uh, Greenwald, they, they mm-hmm. said that that was the reason why he's in the situation he's in is because of that reporting.
0: So you, were you trying to get me in trouble now? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so here's the you question. On, there's a man in jail and you want me to comment on it. <laughs> You're saying him commenting on it is what got him in jail. This feels like a setup. <laughs> yeah. You talk about a curveball. We went from oil and gas to Ryan being imprisoned by the U S government. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening here. <laughs> Am I being detained? I don't hey. know. This is listen, this is worse than the time where you offered to help the the hackers <laughs> to consult with the hackers over the colonial pipeline. Okay. Hey, what we, are you doing we, to me? We take checks over here. <laughs> I <laughs> thought this was an oil gas show and you bring up, you know, massage and him hey, going man, to the it, jail just, and, it
1: hit me. It hit me. I don't know why bro. it up. It just kinda of, it kinda of <laughs> hit me. So <laughs> so uh happen. So listen, if you're an oil and gas guru, um, you might can find a way to take advantage of this Afghan situation here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I think there's there's no doubt that China's going to come in. You know, China's growing influence in the Middle East is undeniable, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, will, do they want to work with Afghanistan? I'm sure China doesn't really seem to have um, a problem work with most countries. So I, I don't think it's, you know, in, you know, on some level, would they like to stick it to the U.S. by working out a deal with Afghans, the, Afghans, the Taliban, or whomever? Possibly, but they also just—they're in, they're in the business making money. Um, you know, can they work together? I don't. I mean, for the Chinese side, I think that they're going to kind of make it work. Um, you know, from the Afghan side, we'll see. And the other thing, um, since we talked about last time, was you know, will um, other factions inside Afghanistan, you know, disrupt foreign influence? Right. So if you have someone who partners with the Taliban. Um, inside Afghanistan, will they um, purposely target you know a Chinese infrastructure to make it more tenuous um, for for the, for the, for those relationships? So, man, I don't know, but yeah, I'm not commenting on the war stuff. You're not I'm not getting, I'm not going to jail today. <laughs> yes. I'm not, saying, not today. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, just to be clear here, Ron,
1: I am. Uh, I'm just. Uh, I'm just giving unbiased uh, mm-hmm. both sides, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. putting it out
0: there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we go from COVID talk. Assange solid talk. Like, yeah, this is this is the setup. We're here.
1: we're we're flirting with some. We're flirting with disaster here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm interested to see what uh, how this situation develops because if China is able to work something out with Afghanistan, they might could actually start using some of their resources more mm-hmm. as they begin to become more friendly, which may give them access to all sorts of things that they may not have access to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of minerals over there. So, if if there's things they can work out, I don't know how that would affect demand from the u.s standpoint if they were able to be, begin to get more resources from from there but I, I think they would probably still just because of their size they would still need to um their needs would probably still supply uh, the u.s with opportunities for demand you know meet their demands over
0: there yeah and i think i saw josh the other day real quick before we get ready to Yeah, so we finally have cracked the 500 rig count uh mark and so that means that we're up two hundred and forty nine rigs from a year ago. Mm, that's beautiful. <laughs> we're at five hundred three. We're so we're up two forty nine from a year ago. Um, so it's been you know, a long. Is it, it feels like it's been a long time, but you know, two hundred forty nine rigs in a year—that's that's a pretty good number. Um, still got a long way to go to get back to where we were, but you know, there it is. So for those, um, this is interesting. This is the Baker Hughes rig count. And it says at the bottom that part of it's provided by uh, not drilling info, but whatever they are in or whatever. So I do not did, did we, did we miss something there? Did they, did, did they, partner and we missed that. We must have missed it. Yeah, it the working rig location information is part, is provided in part by various. So hmm, I didn't realize that they were getting their stuff. In I thought they were that. like, not ARC enemies, but yeah, close, yeah. close to it, you know? Right. I thought so, they would have been, yeah. So I must have missed that. Anyways. Okay. All right. Well, I think that is it. For today, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, Josh will not be trying to sabotage my life and career by getting me in a jail cell next to Assange. Um, in the meantime, if you're looking to invest, consider the folks over at Jubilee Realty Fund. Number two is coming out. It's closing soon, just at the end of October. So if you're an accredited investor and looking to invest in the long-ass space, be sure to let those folks know or reach out to me. I'll be happy to put you in contact with the good folks over at Jubilee. And until next time. Keep climbing.